It's November 10th, 1793, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. In the aftermath of the French Revolution, the radical government was determined to stamp out every trace of the old order. A new secular calendar reset the year to zero, and even the months of the year were given democratic names. And so it was today in history in 1793, or as France now called it, the 20th of Brumaire in the year two. (laughs) Can't think why that didn't catch on. (laughs) (laughs) That the government introduced its new state religion to replace the iron grip of the Catholic Church, the so-called cult of reason. Yeah, so it was announced with this nationwide fête de la raison, and it was meant to be a symbol for the new Republican approach to religion in general, but what in practice it was, was a series of ceremonies that were being held in the, what had been churches that had now been reclaimed and were being converted into contemporary temples of reason. And the biggest ceremony took place in Notre Dame in Paris, where the Christian altar was replaced with an altar to liberty and had the inscription to philosophy carved in stone above the cathedral's doors. And things only got increasingly sacrilegious from there. Well, and increasingly weird for people who were religious. I mean, the general public were still religious. That's what I find fascinating about the French Revolution. I understand Mm. the ideals behind it, but you can't just pretend that those centuries of people being Christian hasn't happened. And so... (laughs) You know, I guess there was growing disapproval of the Catholic Church, which was seen as corrupt and out of touch, and that was one of the reasons for the revolution. But at the same time, a recognition, I guess, by the revolutionaries that they shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater because there are benefits to communities coming together in beautiful buildings. And it's such a flawed idea, isn't it, to then take that and think, well, therefore, let's celebrate reason instead of Jesus. That'll be fine. (laughs) All these people will feel the same spiritual fulfillment they felt then. We'll just worship the Enlightenment. It's like um, (laughs) maybe step by step, guys. You know, this is maybe a bit much. Yeah, as you've mentioned, anti-clericalism was one of the core tenets of the revolutionary movement. You know, the Catholic Church was seen as being one of the major pillars the whole system rested on. You know, we tend to think about the aristocrats because, you know, they were the ones who ended up with their heads mm. in baskets. But in France's historical hierarchy of the what were called the estates, the clergy were at the top. They were the first estate, followed by the nobility and then the commoners. And the church was rolling in wealth, controlling vast swathes of land. So the clergy had been the first targets of the new government. You know, they were stripped of many of their privileges and they were now to be elected civil servants and they had to swear an oath to republic but even that was not enough to quell all this anti-clerical sentiment there were incidents of mobs attacking priests and monks and nuns so there was a feeling that was an appetite for something that would depose christianity itself but that isn't anti-jesus is it (laughs) no that's the point i come back to that's anti the catholic church you know it's saying they're powerful they collect lots of tax they don't pay any they own 10 percent of french property before the revolution i understand all of that but you can't just take the idea of divine things away from people's heads. Yeah. Au contraire, monsieur man. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I don't know how they planned to get away with this because you're right. The people weren't rejecting the whole notion of religion itself necessarily, although some people were. And this was the ceremony that they came up with. They also had women in white Roman dresses and uh, tricolor sashes that danced through the cathedral. They were portraying the goddess of reason, which... Uh, symbolized the ideal of liberty. They had a flame representing truth, which burned on the altar. But to avoid statues and idolatry, 
like that was the idea behind these living women embodying the goddess figures. And actually they had the wife of one of the central organizers, Antoine Francois Momoro. How did she get the job? <laughs> yeah, you wonder. Uh, she was she was noted for her provocative attire and described by Thomas Carlyle as making one of the best goddesses of reason, though her teeth were a little defective. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing was a bit of a mishmash. You know, you had Sophie Momoro laying atop her artificial mountain, and there was a kind of a model of a Greek temple next to her with busts of famous philosophers. You had, you know, the Roman dress, the tricolor sashes. You know, the opponents of this movement depicted the ceremonies as being decadent and libertine affairs, you know, with orgies. But honestly, it seems like it was just a lot of confused walking around. You know, yeah. we have an account from Simon Brute. It's like a punch drunk show. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, Simon Brute, who was a future archbishop, was a teenager in this era. And he later wrote, you know, he went on to be a bishop, so he was a bit biased. But he wrote in his memoir about how the instigators of the cult of reason struggled to work out what it actually was. And he wrote that each decade came around. Decade was their replacement for Sunday. It all got a bit confusing. They endeavoured to make it more attractive by new inventions of pompous shows or philosophical and sentimental exhibitions, mixing them up with special ovations and songs, civic banquets and public games copied from the old Greek and Roman republics. Mm. It's just such a fascinating idea, though, isn't it? That even though it's obviously flawed, that you can't replace religion with the worship of the replacement of religion. Like, those those two things aren't equally passionately felt by the people who feel them. Um, they nonetheless recognised the benefits of having some kind of state-endorsed belief. You get a similar thing... Um, in communism in Russia, don't you? Like, we're not mm. going to have a Christian monarchy anymore, but we should talk about our dictators in the same way because there's a useful structure here. And as soon as you do that, if your whole point is that the infrastructure is corrupt, well, you're just mimicking it with your with, <laughs> with a lesser goal, aren't you? You're, you're mimicking it, but to celebrate politicians rather than divine figures. The reason they thought they could do this was because they had this almost dystopian control over every aspect mm. of society. Now, I think yeah. now we tend to remember, you know, obviously the revolution was brutal and bloody and, you know, maybe a few too many executions, but it brought us our modern conception of democracy and equality and human rights. But it wasn't, you know, it was more like Soviet Russia in some respects, you know, the amount of effort they went to to de-Christianize the country. So, you know, you had physical de-Christianization, the dismantling of crosses, shrines, statues of saints, renaming streets and even whole towns. Saint-Tropez became Eracle. There's also the extent to which religion was so ingrained in everyday life. So just going back to the revolutionary calendar, because I think this is fascinating, they wanted one that didn't have any Christian or imperial influences. You know, obviously a lot of the months are named after Roman emperors, etc., etc., you know, representing kind of an imperial vibe. So they brought in new months whose names were inspired by nature. So, you know, on this day we're in Brumaire, which comes from the word for mist or fog. You also had pluvios from the word rain, germinal from germination, and floreal from flowering. In London at this time, a satirical letter appeared in Sporting Magazine suggesting the English equivalents would be wheezy, sneezy and freezy, slippy, drippy and nippy, showery, flowery and bowery and hoppy, croppy and poppy. Ah, the seven dwarves. (laughs) Pretty much. You know, and the the other thing they did to further eradicate religion in traditional rural communities, which observed the Catholic calendar of saints days... They introduced a new rural calendar in which every day was themed after a plant or a foodstuff or a farm implement. So, you know, they really went to a massive extent to try and drive out every bit of religion from public life. Even to the extent that outside Notre Dame Cathedral, they removed 28 statues that portrayed the biblical kings of Judah just because they're kings. 
basically. Mm. Like, but, and, and they're on not... the outside of a church, yeah. so they're really skating on thin ice. Yeah, but they're, they're not French kings. Um, but it was that combination of monarchy and religion just was not allowed. And so they brought these statues to the cathedral square and decapitated them. Mm. 21 of the heads of these statues were recovered in 1977 when workers found them behind a wall in an old mansion in Paris. But you've got that symbolic kind of stripping of stuff, but then also actually the stripping of precious metals. So, like, it's it's handy, isn't it, that if you're dismantling Notre Dame, you can pocket some gold as well. So the revolutionaries had a fair bit of that, partly because they were just as corrupt as their Catholic predecessors, but also <laughs> so that they could, I suppose, actually propagate the revolution in ways that they saw fit, arms foundries, etc. They were using those as precious metals. Yeah, and I think that there was a combination of state gain in taking things away from the Catholic Church and personal gain in the form of just, frankly, looting that was going on by individuals who wanted the gold and silver goodies that the churches held. And I think that's part of the reason why so many of the people involved in the Festival of Reason ended up not very long after on the guillotine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was the grand unveiling of the cult of reason, but it was also kind of its apogee as well. It ultimately yeah. only lasted for a year because, you know, it was kind of minority interest anyway. Not everyone was on board, even among the revolutionaries. One vocal opponent was Maximilien Robespierre, who was emerging at this moment as the most powerful politician in the revolutionary government. He was anti-clerical, anti-church, but he did believe that the worship of a deity, an actual one, not an abstract concept who's being embodied by the organiser's wife, was a vital component of <laughs> an orderly society and you know this was the, around the time of the period that was known as the terror that was led by Robespierre and lots of people ended up at the guillotine including Montmoreau the organiser of the Festival of Reason so Robespierre and his acolytes introduced a new cult a new state religion the cult of the supreme <laughs> being which kind I of love like that he's like no not that thing my thing yeah, yeah. Here, here's my thing yeah. it was kind of like Unitarianism it was worshipping an undefined god you know the same one as in AA meetings that didn't really catch on either public participation in those ceremonies was always low and Robespierre himself was soon deposed and executed. By 1802 uh, Napoleon officially outlawed both the cult of reason and the cult of the supreme being and interestingly crowned himself emperor in Notre Dame so he actually harnessed in the end the residual feelings of um, historic Christianity with the new feelings of the French Republic in the most efficient way. But there was one idea from the Temple of Reason that continued and is still with us now, and that is cremation. Uh, Cremation was made legal in France on the 11th of November 1795 as a decree proclaiming, quote, the greater part of the people in antiquity burnt their dead and that to do so again will help establish a new national cult of the dead. The lasting legacy of the revolution was burning stuff. I mean, I guess cremation is more affordable once you've already removed someone's head. (laughs) And so another week of retrospecting ends. But next week begins a day early at Club Retrospectors. Join us now to get an exclusive episode every Sunday. Patreon.com slash retrospectors. 